Hello and welcome to Cody and Corbin have a podcast, the show where two former roommates talk about a new movie every week. This week on the show, we're talking about Elf. Hi. Your costume is pretty. Oh, it's not a costume. I'm an elf. Oh. Well, technically I'm a human, but I was raised by elves. New Line Cinema presents the story of one elf who's coming home for Christmas. Boy. Can't wait to see my dad. We're going to go ice skating and eat sugar plums. Sorry. Now. I think someone sent you a Christmas gram. Dad! We should call security. Good idea. I like to whisper, too. Buddy's experiencing a world he never knew existed. Buddy's your son. What am I going to do? He's certifiably insane. (laughs) Discovering what it takes to fit in. And going where no elf has gone before. I'm your host, Corbin Zavokal. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, Cody Webb. Cody? How are we feeling during this wonderful holiday season? I'm feeling great. Yeah, like you said, you know, just a beautiful time of the year. You know, all good feelings, all warmth over here. So, uh, yeah, excited for the, you know, the, the holiday special here on Cap. And uh, we got a good guest with us as well. So I'm excited. Yeah, speaking of the guest, the person who chose the movie Elf, one of our biggest supporters of, of the Cap brand, as well as probably one of the most festive people I know. We're joined by Hayden Malakowski. Hayden, how are we doing? Good. I'm just waiting for the cap merchandise. Like, give me a trucker hat or some shit. Probably on the paint crew can get you some good TV time for that, too. I won't even charge you a thing. Wow. Well, uh, Cody is director of all merchandising, so I think he's the one you got to talk to <laughs> about that. Get, he's been slacking. Yeah, it's coming soon. Next season, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Season three drop. We'll come with it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're we're talking Elf this week. Uh, Hayden, why don't you walk us through why do you want to talk about an Elf when you came on the show? What was it? I mean, big Christmas guy. For those who don't know, Corbin thought house goes off Christmas. We counted it's 322 and a half Christmas trees this year. Christmas at my house starts early early November and just best time of the year. So Elf is one of those that you always got to watch early in the season and get you in the Christmas mood. Really, really can put a smile on your face no matter the day. It's always one of my favorite. They'd be days i'd come home from school watch it every day of the week just because i have most of it quotable by now watch it every day of the week jesus that's commitment there my guy told you one of the most festive people i know (laughs) (laughs) so why don't we go ahead and get into our initial thoughts cody uh take it away what are some initial thoughts rewatching elf again i'd I'd love to start off i think uh i I probably haven't seen it as many times as hayden the way he's talking over there but uh, i don't know i've probably seen it like once every christmas you know past 10 years so I'd say it's decent. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a fun Christmas movie. You really can't argue that at all. Um, in my opinion, I'm going to come off, you know, a little little negative here. I'd say it's mid-tier, if I'm being honest. But that doesn't mean it's bad. I think there's a lot of good Christmas movies. Um, obviously, just like the first half hour, um, I think, is gold. It's sort of just poking fun at all the Christmas cartoons and like the Christmas movie tropes. I think that stuff's really funny. Um, and then, you know, the last hour or whatever, just like, the fish out of water classic thing where you know will ferrell's an idiot which i enjoy watching but after like the 10th time it might get a little bit old also just like the the little aspects in between as well with you know james Kahn and his book company i mean okay then you got zoe deschanel um you know i don't know what other movie she's in really other than like 500 days of summer and obviously like new girl which is great um yeah there's probably a reason she's not much uh (laughs) no offense 
but um yeah i mean this is a good this is a good movie like i said i watch it every year it's a christmas tradition you can't go wrong with elf but uh yeah a little mixed for me what are you thinking Corbin? yeah so i mean i I agree with you here's the thing uh we'll, we'll probably ask later you know if hayden thinks this is the the definitive christmas movie or not but i'm just not even a big christmas movie guy in general uh to be entirely oh, honest. this is the only <laughs> the only christmas movie i've watched this year probably will be the only one that i do watch uh, maybe we'll get some christmas vacation maybe i'll watch the uh crappy home alone remake we'll see uh but i don't know i'm i'm a little bit of a grinch and uh it's probably why grinch is one of my favorites <laughs> uh but in terms of this movie <laughs> Just some initial thoughts I had. It is, it is a classic Christmas film. I think if you had to pick one that like is probably well loved by the the greatest group of people, Elf kind of fits into that where it's it's got the the lovey dovey like it's got a little bit of the rom com side. It's got a little bit of the classic tr- Christmas tropes. It makes fun of the <clears throat> the cartoons, but also embraces that tra- tradition. Um, and then you get, you know, the wonderful group of carolers at the end singing to save Santa Claus. And I think kind of brings in every aspect of Christmas movies and, and can reach uh, a really wide audience. Uh, one thing that I really appreciate is in that first 30 minutes, all those scenes where you have Will Ferrell with the elves, um, everything that they're doing from a filmmaking perspective to make him look gigantic in comparison to these people that are obviously like normal sized people, uh, and it, there's something like, I think that I was watching this thing where there's 47 different forced perspective shots and they didn't even end up using them all, but they had to like strenuously go around and set the camera in an exact place and move him and put him up on like a board that's two or three feet higher. Or like when he's riding the bicycle, you've got him riding the bicycle and then you've got like the elf, like five feet behind him, but it looks like he's on his shoulders and he's tiny, but it, it's just all these like forced perspective shots. Um, that I think are really interesting. You know, you could do all this stuff now easily with CGI. And even in 2003, you could have done it with CGI. But I think it just makes it look so much better. And it's, it's really impressive from a filmmaking perspective. And on that note of the filmmakers, I mean, it's a John Favreau film. And I think John Favreau is probably one of the most underrated uh, directors, at least in Hollywood. I think he never gets enough credit for, the, for a lot of what he's done. Obviously, you have Elf. Uh, I mean, he directed the first Iron Man movie, which launched a entire cinematic universe that is the largest thing in Hollywood right now uh, also serving as a main creator and you know, sometimes director always producer of the Mandalorian a revitalization of Star Wars um, and then you also have you know other classic chef swingers you know things like that um, and you know big, he did the new Lion King too which wasn't as good but big chef guy over here good movie there you go uh, John Favreau and also Happy Hogan underrated so uh, yeah that, that's basically all my initial thoughts about Elf. Hayden, what do you got? What are you thinking? I know, like Jason always says, once you become a referee, it ruins watching sports for you. But after listening to Cap, I mean, it ruins watching movies for you. Because <laughs> the first question is, what's the stupidest part of the movie? So watching it last night, I'm like, wow, that's a flaw in the movie. That's a flaw in the movie. It's like, what are you going to say? But I mean, looking back at it, uh, still a good movie, wholesome, but it's not as great as I once thought it was. Wow, <laughs> we're That's... ruining childhoods over here. <laughs> I guess welcome to my life, Aiden. You're a narcissist now. <laughs> I guess uh, dead. any future any future guests don't pick your childhood favorite because you'll suddenly uh, you'll see all the flaws in it when you have to talk about all the stupid things. I think I think I'd still watch it every year. I mean, I still love quoting it. I still get a good laugh at all Will Ferrell there here and there, but the, the plot, the whole. 
but but here's your chance here's your chance to defend this movie and and tell us why it is also great and not only stupid before we get there go ahead take it away what's the stupidest part of this movie Hayden? you stupid all right uh but one of the first scenes of the movie where it's like papa elf is like all right it's time that i take buddy to become my like wingman or whatever and they take him in he looks at the sleigh he sees the claws on under 3000 and he's like this is what makes the sleigh fly and he's like no it's not it's the christmas spirit and they go like he's like well the people down south don't believe in santa claus and then he's like so who do they think puts all the presents under the tree he's like they think the parents do it and then he but he goes that's ridiculous what who do you think eats santa's cookies the parents do i mean if i'm a third fourth grader and i hear that i'm like is santa real like it's like the family christmas movie and it literally ruins the secret of santa in the first 15 minutes of the film yeah i think that's just like a joke for the parents though like there's always like oh little meta jokes there's no like oh the kids are in the audience they don't know what the hell you're talking about uh but yeah fair enough hayden that's how hayden found out santa wasn't really (laughs) (laughs) Um, i got a couple stupid parts i'll throw out a couple here as well um first off i think i just don't know like the history of elves too much because evidently they age like a lot lot slower than humans corbin can you do you know any elf history here what's going on here will ferrell's 30 in a classroom and he's eating out here with elf kids what, what's going on uh you know i am uh not an expert in elves so not a big lord of the rings guy so you'll have to talk to someone else <laughs> all right fair enough i'll move on quickly to another one um john favreau makes a cameo in this movie who corbin was talking about and he's he's a doctor you know he's he's getting will ferrell's fingerprints or whatever and, uh, you know, I like I think he gets his family. blood because it's a paternity yeah. test. You think, yeah, they te- you think they test paternity with <laughs> fingerprints? Okay, okay. So, no. uh, but yeah, basically, you know, he's this doctor getting blood, evidently. And um, all of a sudden, he comes back in the room with James Kahn, and he's giving him fucking life advice. Like, he's his counselor. He's saying, go home. Take care of the kid. He's your son. Hey, hey, <laughs> John Favreau, stop giving me life advice. And stick to doctoring, my guy. I don't understand that at all. That's stupid as hell. Uh, you're right. Doctors are not allowed <laughs> to give people advice. What an absurd comment. Uh, let me. I got a couple things here. Uh, mm-hmm. We can come back to you if you have some more. First of all, Buddy gets to New York. He flight. He floats away on an ice patch. Do you think they could have helped him out a little bit more? Like why? Why they got to make Santa this dude just fly him? Why didn't Santa just take a sleigh and take him there? That's the no. thing I wrote down. Stick them on a reindeer, anything. That's like, funny though, because it's, it's the play on the Rudolph cartoon. You guys never seen Rudolph? Yeah, I know, but it's he still escapes dumb. on the the ice thing. I thought I, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Okay, well, congratulations. <laughs> it's stupid. The man floats on an ice patch. There's, you know what? <laughs> that's the point. It's a good thing that it happened in 2003, because in 2021, that ice wouldn't even exist. So true. Rip the glaciers. The second thing, uh, the scene where Will Ferrell. And Zoe Deschanel, well, Zoe Deschanel is singing in the shower and he's in the locker room. It's a little weird, whatever, but it's the song she's singing. Why did they have to choose the rape song? Because that's literally <laughs> the, the baby it's called outside is like the, the date rape weird song. And it, I think juxtaposed with the scene in which it's being performed, makes it really strange where it could have been a sweet moment if they choose <clears throat> literally any other Christmas song. But because she's like showering and he's there without their knowing and singing, it's just strange. <clears throat> adding on to that i think their age difference is is just a little too much for me uh and it's not even i think a 13 year age difference we've seen it 
I'm sure plenty of times in film, they always stick younger women with older men, whatever. But I think it's just because she see, she's like literally 23, 22 when she films this. Like she seems like a kid, like she's our age. And then you've got Will Ferrell who's like 35, 36 uh, in real life. And I, I just think the age difference is a little too stark. So I would have rather either getting a younger actor to play the elf character or getting maybe a little older of a female character. I think it, it just is a little strange in the context. And then, I mean, you bring in the fact that he acts like he's like six and it, it's just very uh, weird all over the place. You guys yeah. got some other stuff? I do have another one. Just touch on that one. I didn't even think about that just because Will Ferrell just acts like a 10 year old the entire movie. So I thought it's more weird that, you know, some chicks like making out with a 10 year old, but yeah, Will Ferrell's got a few, got a few years on her to be fair. Um, but yeah, my last one, which I did on a little bit um, in the opening, I, just it's the most uninteresting thing I think I've ever seen in like a, a decent Christmas movie. Uh, James Conn's a bookmaker or something, and he forgot to print out pages about a puppy and a pigeon. Uh, and then like and the next half hour of the movie is just him, you know, just trying to figure out how to write a children's book with uh, Peter Dinklage, which, you know, the Dink man's got it going these days, but his agent didn't do him very nice in this movie so i mean it's mo- it's mostly just little people jokes and then um him beating the shadow will ferrell which is a good scene to be fair but um yeah i don't know why there's a whole like children's book uh like theme i guess it's just so at the end like it can all get wrapped up and he writes about buddy in his next book which i mean is an okay ending in itself but just how we got there i, I fucking hate if i'm being honest yeah Yeah, I mean, I get it. it. It is a little bit of a strange subplot, but I guess you have to have some sort of subplot, and it does. Wrap I mean, up yeah. With the Pick anything uh, else, name anything else in the world, Corbin. I'd rather see that than some bookmaker. Well, you're right, and I, you're probably right in that the the Peter Dinklage thing uh, goes down a little bit differently if this movie's made today. Uh, <laughs> Aiden, do you have anything else that you want to hit on in the stupidest part before we move on? I'm nope. good. All right, let's move on to favorite scene then. Hayden, you love the movie. What's the best scene? Um, two I got to go to is obviously the one where it's, Santa's coming tomorrow, 10 a.m. Santa's coming to town. And then the whole scene after that where he goes, decorates gimbals, and then the, you're not Santa. You smell like beef and cheese. You sit on a throne and lies. And then he rips off Buddy's beard. And then they proceed to go to prison for that. But it's a little extreme. But I think it's a good scene, just the decorations and how Buddy is so intricate, bringing his true elfisms out, even though he's a sh- shitty elf up at the North Pole, but he's good enough in our world. And then another f- favorite scene is when uh, he finally goes to work with Walter Hobbs and he's down in the mayor room and he's dancing on the table. Classic <laughs> scene right there. Yeah, no, I'll bounce off that directly. That is the best scene in this movie by far. <laughs> I don't know why. But Will Ferrell dancing in the mail room is the most iconic thing I've ever seen in my life. Is it He's Will got... Ferrell dancing? That's my question. Half I, the time it is. Half I don't, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't not, quite tell. Not the good moves, but the ones that matter. I'll tell you what, dude. I, I could watch that scene over and over. I literally rewinded it three times and watched it three times because I love that scene so much. I, I don't know why. It just is the perfect Christmas scene in my mind. But, um, yeah, uh, I think this movie's pretty quotable as well. Yeah, obviously I have the obvious one of, uh, bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Narwhal. <laughs> I mean, that's classic. Um, and then another one uh, that Hayden was talking about as well, the Santa fight scene I really enjoy as well. Just the Santa wailing on him, ruining all his Legos. I think that's gold as well. You sit on Throne of Lives, another great quote. 
Um, but yeah, those are my three. The dance scene, like that might be a top tier scene out of every single movie we've done on this podcast. You can't name me like three better scenes than the dance scene in the mirror room. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm not even going to take you on in that one. Uh, <laughs> my my favorite scene is also uh, the fight at the department store. Uh, I think I agree completely that the the interaction between the uh, the faux Santa Claus and, and Will Ferrell uh, are really great in that moment. And, and like you said, all the quotes um, are so iconic and I, I love them destroying the Legos and, and just beating the crap out of each other. You are right. They go to prison and then the ramifications after that, I mean, he gets bailed out and he's fine there. I guess that's maybe the sequel is, is all the legal trouble that uh, buddy the elf then has to <laughs> ensue following. All right, let's talk about the sequel real quick. That <laughs> never just... happened. $29 million and Will said no. Oh, this guy's stealing my questions too. Jesus. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. So yeah, thanks for the answers. Elf 2, rip. That was going to be my pitch, boys, but all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get there in a second. Uh, let's move on to who can act. Wow. Cody, take it away. Who can act? Yeah, I feel like there's, you know, not not too many, uh, you know, great choices in this. So I just went for the obvious, obvious ones. First up, I mean, we got Will Ferrell. He's pretty funny. You can't really deny that. He's unbelievably committed to this role. Um, I don't even think you can see like a, a smidge of him breaking at any moment of any time. And he's literally on screen for the entire movie. So I think that's impressive in its own right. Um, but then, you know, my second choice as well, Peter Dinklage. I'm a fan of him. Uh, obviously, a Game of Thrones star. Uh, I mean, he's been in a crap ton of stuff, if I'm being honest. My personal favorite, X-Men Days of Future Past as, a, you know, Boulevard Trask. Real menacing villain in that movie. And uh, I think he's an underrated, underrated actor. Honestly, he's not even working that much these days. Uh, other than Game of Thrones in the past, like, I don't know, five years. I can't name one thing he's been in, if I'm being honest. Which is kind of sad, because he's actually a really good actor. But, Avengers, uh, yeah. Infinity oh, War. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's in that for like five minutes, and he's he has also nothing in, to do. Uh, a movie that is releasing sometime recently called Cyrano, where he plays basically a, a simp for some chick that won't love him because he's short. Stuff. Oh. Tough stuff, but yeah, the Dink Man, I'm a fan, and I'd say he's he's the best actor in the show. I don't really think you can deny that, but uh, yeah, the Dink Man, that's my pick. I'll move on here. Uh, <laughs> I got a couple options here. Uh, I kind of agree with what you're saying. First of all, I think Ed Asner as Santa Claus might be the best live action Santa Claus we've ever seen. Ed Asner, goaded the old man from Up, also came to my uh, work over the summer. And did a performance. I was not there, but good for him. That's my connection. I thought he canceled. Uh, Oh, yeah, he did cancel because he died. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. It got canceled because he didn't sell enough tickets, which is sad. And then he died a week later. So (laughs) he was going to come, though. Corbin killed that bastard. All right. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I I really don't think there's a better Santa Claus. And and I'd love to see it. Uh, Secondarily, Faze on Love is the manager of the department store. Uh, I think he's just really funny. Uh, playing off of Will Ferrell is not necessarily easy. Like you got to, to be able to hold your chops with somebody like Will Ferrell is a comedic genius. And I think he does a really good job. And then I don't think Zoe Deschanel as an actress is good in this, but I think the, her singing ability is like the perfect amount for this film and for this character. Cause she's not like an amazing singer, but she's pretty good. And it kind of, and it's a little bit ingrained in who she is, even moving on to new girl being such like a sing songy person. And I think it, her specific style of singing is is exactly what this movie needs and for this character. So that's what I'll say. Hey, yeah, who can act? 
I was going to say Will Ferrell and Santa, but you got them both, so we can move on. <laughs> okay. Nothing to add I, on those I fronts? I think there's an, there's an argument for there's a better Santa, honestly. I think Ed Astor's not that good in this one. Okay. Well, who is it? Who's a better Santa Claus? Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Name any Santa Claus in any movie. He's probably at the same level, to be honest. But, uh. I'm I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. Nobody's nobody's hopping on a train, I guess. Ed Asner, Ed, Ed Asner ain't shit. That's all I'm saying. Pick, I mean, RIP. Uh, yeah, you know, respectfully, but yeah. Tim Allen just it. doesn't look like Santa. Ed Asner, man, he looks like Santa Claus. He he pulls it off. I mean, you got a point there. He's probably got like 40 years on Tim Allen to be fair, but uh, yeah. All right, who can act? Let's go. <laughs> Hayden, why don't you take it away? <laughs> I don't. I think they could have picked a other person to play Michael, his brother. He just didn't really fit. We hate role. kid actors on the show, so I respect that answer. Yeah, I mean, I'll go. On, I got more on that later, but that's all I'm gonna say. Okay. Ten bucks says he's picking Macaulay Culkin. All right. Uh, <laughs> my uh, who can't act? I got a couple. Uh, James Con. You know, he's he's the second billing in this movie, and he's terrible. If I'm being honest. I mean, this is the definition of just checking a paycheck in Hollywood, I would say. He doesn't do shit. He's got no emotion. He's just not likable, like, as an actor in general. Not even his character. His character is kind of likable, I feel like. He's just not likable at all. Just no charisma. And then, like, I, I don't buy his relationship with, like, changing with Will Ferrell at the end either. Uh, I think that has a lot to do with the acting because the script's actually not terrible if you count out, obviously, you know, the book stuff. But yeah, James Conn, and then to throw another wrench here, dude, I do not like Zoe Deschanel in this movie at all. Um, first off, she's blonde, which just really throws everything off. Um, it just doesn't sit well with me that her character in this movie is like the exact opposite as well as her character in New Girl. Uh, maybe it's just because like she is so likable and so fun in New Girl. I don't know, but I think she's very, very bad in this movie. I'd say she's by far and away the worst actor. But um, yeah, Zoe, Zoe Deschanel. I mean, in general, I'm a fan. I'd say, but I honestly forgot she's in the movie every year until I watch it. I I erase it from my memory again. So yeah, it is very like unlike her. I mean, like you said, the blonde hair throws you off. It, it just doesn't even really look like her, or feel like her, and it is pretty distant from her Jess character, other than the through line of singing, which I brought up. So, uh, for me, I'm also gonna mention James Con, uh, his dad, whatever his name is. Uh, I just really don't think he's that great. I agree 100%. Paycheck movie. Um, also, throwing a wrench out there, like, I don't know if Will Ferrell in this specific film is necessarily as good as people make it out to be. Uh, I don't think what he's doing is terribly impressive. Uh, I think he's been, I think when he plays more ca- characters, even like Talladega Knights or Step Brothers, like, I think those characters are more interesting and more impressive because they just take more to do. Here he's just playing a child. Like, I feel like anybody could pretend to be a child and run around and just be a goofball so I, I i i don't think it's bad acting on the front of will ferrell but i don't think it's terribly impressive in, in the way that people make it out to be so that's my hot take yeah no i backed a little bit this is not his best performance by any means i don't think um yeah i i don't know i i'd say his commitment is impressive in this movie but his acting skills are are not like next level or anything it's, it's sort yeah. of an average performance but i think the commitment to the characters what is like makes it good i don't know yeah, I think I just like Will Ferrell not as PG as well. I think making this movie uh, a little, which I mean, it's a kid's movie, so you can't, but yeah. I don't know. I think Will Ferrell can have more fun. Uh, That's when true. The, uh, 
Is this the <clears> only <throat> Will Ferrell like PG movie? Might be. Um, probably not, not but it, it's definitely probably up there. I mean, one like of, definitely action. the best one. Yeah, I don't know. It's gotta be. That this is interesting. One. Well, we're gonna go to a quick commercial break, and then we'll be back with that answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, research boy. And we're back, and we're gonna get into the recast. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Where we talk about uh, who we want to see get replaced in this movie, and after a quick fact check. Will Ferrell's in Kicking and Screaming, the Lego movie, Megamind. But uh, yeah, not a lot of PG work under his belt. So yeah, those are two animated, animated, animated. That's what I said. So he's got Kicking and Screaming. That's it. All right, Talking Boy. Let's hear it. Who are you recasting in this movie? I recast. Not going to lie, my recasts are terrible this week. Um, but we're like going to go week. for it. <laughs> no, that's false. But my first one, I mean, we've got to get rid of the worst actor. James Caan, obviously, he's gone to... You know, I had a tough time coming up with somebody. I feel like it's, you know, kind of just a weird age, especially in this time in Hollywood. So I'm not specifically picking for this time in Hollywood. I'm just picking people like in their prime, supposedly. So first off, I was thinking Gene Wilder, maybe uh, <laughs> around that Willy Wonka form. I think he'd be all right, but that's still a weird choice. I feel like uh, my second one, which I do like more, is Kevin Costner. Uh, around those Field of Dreams days. Um, you know, he's, he's a little likable in those. Uh, he's got some heart. I think that's just what this movie needs, a little more heart at the end, and uh, it'd make it a lot more believable. But, um, yeah, I got another one, but uh, I'll toss it around. So hey, you want you, gotta, you want a uh, young Kevin Costner. You don't want Kevin yeah. Costner now? Well, I mean, not young, young. Obviously, like, he's how old is he in? Uh, I mean, he would have been Field like. Field of Dreams. Like 30. What year did Field of Dreams come out? I don't know. I guess he's got to be like sixty because Will Ferrell's thirty, to be fair. So yeah, all right, give me give me old Kevin Costner. He would have been he would have been uh, forty five in two thousand. Yeah, and he had him in high school, so it would have made sense. He would have been just a little a little too young at the time, but not terrible. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, well, my my math adds up evidently. But uh, yeah, Hayden, I want to hear your recast. I I bet it's Macaulay Culkin by by like a hundred bucks, but we'll see. No, I'm I'm getting rid of the brother and putting John C. Riley in. And then they have a better relationship <laughs> and like actually stepbrothers. Uh, when they, they'd be like half brothers, but fair enough. I like the effort. Well, it wouldn't be stepbrothers, so sh- shut up, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was I saying. I like that. John T. Riley. Um, that would be fun. That age difference, I mean, does spell some. Uh, you might have to change the plot around a little bit, but I do like that pick. Shake and uh, bake, baby. My uh, my pick, first of all, uh, we're going to replace Will Ferrell and we're going to replace him with the original person who was intended to be in this role with Jim Carrey. Uh, oh my God. Obviously, Jim Carrey has been in the lead of a different iconic Christmas movie in The Grinch. But I think Jim Carrey playing Elf just adds a little bit of that, a little more chaotic energy to the role that I think we need. And uh, yeah, that's what I want. I want to see Jim Carrey uh, playing uh, Buddy the Elf. And then uh, moving on, I want to see John Lithgow in this movie. And I was trying to decide if I wanted to put him in uh, as Walter, his dad, or or somewhere else. And I've decided I want him to play Papa Elf, whatever, whoever plays that character. Uh, give me Papa Elf. And, and you know, funny enough, I was looking up, not, I didn't even realize this, but they did like a reading of the script and, and John Lithgow read for the role of Walter a couple of years ago. But I want to see him play Papa Elf. That's my choice instead of. He can, he can be uh, James Conn characters too, but my pick is Papa Elf. I, I think he's probably not mean enough 
to quite play the Walter character, which I think you need. Um, even like, I don't know, Kevin Costner might be a little too likable. Gene Wilder, I think Gene Wilder's definitely a little bit too fun for that role. You need someone who's just like unlikable no. and an asshole, in, in my opinion, in my opinion. But <clears throat> I think I, mean, uh, yeah. I think John Lithgow is probably too nice for that role. I don't know if he quite pulls off the uh, the meanness. So given Pop Elf, which is a pretty uh, good character throughout. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I'll give you that. John Lithgow, probably one of the nicer guys around, just like based off his acting career. I, I don't really know him too much. He, he, there's like one, in, he's in Dexter and he plays a, a serial killer, which is probably the only role that I've really seen him be like very dark in. And I don't think it, he did it very well. I don't think he fits it very well. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I like that pick for to replace James Caan. You're, uh, you need to throw some respect on Bob Newhart's name. Uh, <laughs> that dude's actually a good actor. I like him a lot. He's a up, classic. So. Yeah, respect that guy. Uh, but yeah, John, John, Lithgow, John Lithgow, good pick. I do have one more as well. Um, I wanted to um, get rid of one of the writers at the book, you know, whatever store, whatever. Um, obviously, one of them is Andy Richter from from the Conan O'Brien show. So we're gonna keep him. The other guy, I think, I think it was the guy, No, no, no. I think the other writer guy. I think he's in Stranger Things. I could be wrong on that. They look very similar, the the bald guys. But um, anyways, I'm replacing him with the classic, the grown-up special, uh, Mr. David Spade. Uh, <laughs> I just need to kick a comedy in this movie. And uh, I think the writers would be a fun team if you got Andy Richter and David Spade just pitching stupid, like trying to book ideas. Um, the other guys are right, but I just want like more comedy out of that. It's, they're like taking it seriously. Like they're actually trying to write a book for children. Dude, I don't give a shit about that. I'm sorry, but make that funny, and then maybe that story will stick more with me. Uh, so how can you go wrong with David Spade, dude? Joe Dirt, come on, classic. <laughs> uh, that other guy is Kyle Gass, I believe, uh, and he is the other half of Tenacious D. He is not in Stranger Things, so he if looks like the guy. If you're referring to the character of Eugene, that is, uh, which yeah. I think Go picture on picture on those. Tell me they're not the same person. I don't know who the guy from Stranger Things that you're referencing is, but sure. Uh, yeah, let, let's move on uh, to Welcome to the Academy. There's, there's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Where we give uh, the movie a real or fictional Academy Award that we deem. Hayden, what award are you giving Elf? Uh, most pissed off businessmen. After going to work and there, some kid goes in, lights up all the elevator dots and says it looks like a Christmas tree. And now their elevator ride is uh, much longer. And then also when uh, Michael and Buddy are at gimbals in the elevator and they jump every time, they change his voice. <laughs> There's some angry businessmen. I, I think there are some other movies with some more angry businessmen. Uh 12 angry men that's a classic angry business movie Wolf of uh, wall street true what do you think would would happen if uh, buddy the elf pressed all the buttons on an elevator with jordan belford in it cody what, what do you think uh probably some coke would exchange hands other than that i mean probably nothing too interesting drug, he would drug buddy what, what yeah. would, you, would you like to see buddy elf on quaaludes probably not dude he's already He's got too much energy already. He's already the got Ludes, sugar. The Ludes, actually, that's not a bad show. I thought you were going to say cocaine. Yeah, throw, throw some Ludes on him. Why not? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I agree with that. I, here's, my, here's my take. Hayden, if someone gets on an elevator, 
presses every single button on the Empire State. You still riding that elevator to the top? Is that like, is you just, I mean, it's the Empire State Building. You're not taking the stairs. I don't know what the options here are. If I ever go to the Empire State Building, I will press all the buttons on the elevator. <laughs> You'd be that guy. You're a menace. Yeah. Also, I don't like. I don't know if anybody can just walk into the Empire State Building and get on an elevator. I think that's uh, well, maybe. No, this is 2003, so it is post 2001. Post 11. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I think not. I didn't go to the Empire State Building when I visited New York, but if it's similar to like Sears Tower, it's also kind of like a tourist attraction. So like. They don't just yeah. like let people go. Like you either have to work there or pay money no, yeah. to up there. So it, I've you know. been there. It's exactly like Sears Towers, basically. You gotta wait in line to go up the elevator, and it's just all tourists. They don't does even anybody, let you press the buttons, man. Yeah. Does anybody even work like in the Empire State Building? Yeah, anymore? people work in, in both those buildings. Yeah, for sure. I don't think they do. Yeah. You think a hundred floor building, there's just <laughs> nobody working in it? Yeah, it's <laughs> that, a bad that's, business, bro. That, that's that's literally why the Sears Tower changed names to the Willis Tower because it different people nah, work it's still Sears Sears Tower. either way that's that's just because sears went out of business i think didn't they i don't know not before that happened uh well they were on the brink of it anyway so Cody, might as well sell it what are you giving yeah. this? What award are you giving <laughs> enough geography uh you know, discussion here uh i got a couple couple of oscars for this movie the first one it's pretty tame uh it's just the most christmas decorations i think i've ever seen in a movie um obviously you got christmas vacation that's, that's up there as well with, you know, outside the house and all the electricity running through there. But uh, I'll tell you what, this is the most like cutouts, most just uh, random Christmas, most Christmas food I've ever seen just throughout the movie. I mean, the budget on this had to be pretty crazy just to make sure like every inch of every set is just covered in all this Christmas garbage. But um, yeah, my other one as well. Um, I'm not sure if this is true, honestly. It's got to be up there as well. Uh, I went with the most Will Ferrell ass beatings in a movie. I mean, <laughs> you got Dinklage, obviously. You got Santa, classic scene. You got his dad just, you know, emotionally just ripping him apart uh, near the end. I mean, that's three right off the brain. I'm sh- he also, you know, gets hit by a taxi at one point. Uh, How many times def- does he fight Borat in Talladega Nights? Just once? <laughs> I think just once, and they just kiss at the end. So, yeah. Well, he, yeah, he breaks his arm in, in the bar. Do they fight on the track? I feel like they don't. They just Maybe make two. out. Yeah, maybe just two. They do. They definitely make out at the end. I remember that pretty clearly. But uh, yeah, I'd say that, that's definitely got to be up there for for Will Ferrell ass readings. Right on. My uh, my award is no surprise. It's best movie Santa Claus. I'm giving it to him. Give it to Ed Asner. Don't disrespect <laughs> the legend. He's dead. And that's all I have to say. I'll praise Ed. <laughs> He's dead. Okay, yeah. Dude, there's got to be better Santa Claus. Well, like Miracle on 34th Street. That, that old geezer. He's dead too, but we don't we don't even talk about you. Never seen it. Wow. That's unbelievable. Weird movie detail trivia. Naked grandma! Naked, huh? Uh, one of my questions was already spoiled, so I'll, I'll start off with that. Go for it. Uh, the question was just going to be, how much money did Will Ferrell turn down to reprise the role of Buddy in a Elf sequel. I was also going to give you that the original Elf made $220 million worldwide against a $33 million budget. The answer, obviously, Hayden said he was offered $29 million, and he said, you know what? It doesn't matter how much money you give me. If I don't think the script's good enough, I'm not going to go around in interviews and talk about a movie that I don't believe in, so I will not do Elf 2. And obviously, he didn't and still has not. So I, I did some research on it, and the script was pretty weird. It was like 
he was going to go back to the North Pole and help some of his elf cousins save Christmas or something. So I, I like the move. I like the move. Yeah, smart on his part. Uh, Cody, why don't you give Hayden and I the, the first question that you got for us? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sort of this is what I've been talking about as well. Um, basically, my question is, how many times does Will Ferrell step in front of a taxi throughout this movie? Um, and uh, I can give you options if you want. They're going to be pretty, you know, pretty obvious here. We got two. We got three. We got four. We got five. Are we, now, are we, not, saying, are we saying steps in front of or steps in front of and gets hit? Yeah, no. That, that's a good qualifying question. We're just saying steps in front of because, you know, obviously he gets smacked one time right at the beginning. I don't believe – I mean, I'm not going to give away my cards here, but uh, we're, we're just saying step in front, you know. What about, like, going out into the road and then yeah, leaving and the road and back. coming back? That, that counts. Is sure. that two separate times or would that be one no, singular stepping no. in? Hey, just give me your answer, boys. I'm not here to, you know, you know give you hints 20 times. I want to hear I just need to answer. know. I mean, was it two, <laughs> three, four, question. five, the options? Um, yeah. I'm going to say four. I want to say three. Yeah, it's a point to Hayden. This dude, this dude don't miss in this trivia. Yeah, it's three. Uh, obviously, he gets smacked at the beginning. One when uh, Zoe Deschanel and him were running out on the road. And then the other one, I think you guys are talking about, where he, like, steps out a little. Yeah, uh, I counted I, that as two, so that's why I missed the question. <laughs> well, that's tough stuff. You need to learn how to count there, buddy. But, uh, well, how many yeah, pieces of gum does he eat? That's the real question. Uh, I don't know. I think it's three, but I don't know. No, Hayden, it's be like five. Hayden, what's your trivia questions? All right, so... Uh, the one elf comes up and goes, buddy, how many Etch-a-Sketches do you have made? And he goes, uh. And then he pulls out the skull and goes, you're only 1,000 minus this number off quota. Uh, Are there options? (laughs) No. Yeah, I mean, they'll give it away, I think, if I give the options. I know. I I think I know. Tony, what are you thinking? You have it. I have a range. I think it's between. I know it's it's like in the eighties. I think it's like eighty two or eighty four. It's like more than seventy five, less than ninety. It's it's somewhere in there. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna log in. My hit. You pick a number, any number. I'm gonna say eighty four. Okay, I think it's either seventy eight or eighty seven. So based off what Corbino is saying, I'm gonna go with eighty seven. Could be like eighty nine. That's it. It's eighty five, and he goes. You only nine hundred and fifteen off pace. Dang it! Fuck. Oh, well, that one remember? makes it 915 off. It could have. Yeah. That's too much math. Oh, what did you say, Corbin? I was two off. I said 84. I was one off. So I got uh, it. Oh, fuck's sake. I <laughs> and I didn't go over either. So. <laughs> and price is right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. I do have another question. Do you want to go over now? Well, I, yeah, I have a, another question. So I'll okay. go. Go for it. Who voices the narwhal saying the iconic line, Bye, buddy. <laughs> Hope you find your dad. I have choices. I have no idea. Bob Newhart, Will mm-hmm. Farrell, John mm-hmm. Favreau, Ed Asner. Mm. Hey, do you know this? Do you want me to go first? Go for it. It's got to be either. I feel like it's definitely Will Farrell, but I, I could see it being John Favreau as well. Oh, man. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. I, I think I'm going to go Will Farrell. I feel like that's just the obvious answer, and I got to go for it. Hayden, what do you think? I mean, you've been on the Santa kick, so I'm going with Ed. <laughs> Big boy They're Ed. both wrong. It is John Favreau. It's John Favreau. John Mother Favreau came fuck. in and did the uh, did the voice for the narwhal. I mean, I think that makes the most sense, right, guys? Come on now. Yeah, it does, but 
I feel like it's the Cumberbatch thing where he's playing Dormammu too. Like actors love that shit when they're playing against each other. I don't know. I should have gone with Favreau. That's tough. But yeah, I, right. I do have, I do have one last more question. question. <laughs> oh, it's a doozy. Um, so yeah, his brother, which you know Hayden's not a big fan of, he's wearing a sports jersey for a little little bit of time in this movie. And yeah, my question is, what team's jersey is he wearing during uh, the Christmas tree scene where, where Warfield jumps into it? I thought uh, you were gonna ask what player. I'm I, I know the team. I, it's impossible. Uh if I ask the player, I do have the player as well. If you get that, you get like a hundred bonus points because there's I no have, chance not getting it. I don't but, know what uh, the player is. Yeah, yeah, no chance. Uh but yeah, I'll give you some options. I'm a nice guy here. Come on. It's an easy question. You get Wait, does well. Hayden know it? Because I know it. Who cares? Hayden doesn't know. Okay, take the options. Go Let ahead. me just name off New York teams, okay? I mean, right. what else are you gonna guess? No, I, well, I know the Sorry, answer, bro. so I'm just gonna <laughs> see just stop, answer it then. Stop taking it personal. All right, is it? The New York Giants, the New York Jets, the New York Yankees, the New York Mets, or the New York Rangers. Is it's it a hockey Jets. town? It's the Jets. Aiden's going J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. What do you think, Corbin? The unstoppable New York Jets. Yeah, you're both correct. All right, any guesses on the player? Because you're never going to get it. I couldn't name you one person that's ever played for the New York you Jets. Know what? Mark Sanchez, <laughs> butt fumble. <laughs> The number was 80 on the jersey. So my initial thought was, obviously, it's a receiver. Who's a receiver in the Jets in the, the early well, 2000s? No, that guy's a cornerback, Hayden. My God. Um, you know, I couldn't even come up with many. You got, like, Braylon Edwards, but that wasn't even really early 2000s. Evidently, the guy's name is Wayne uh, Trebit or Chibrit. I, I don't even know how to say it. But he's some white guy in the Jets from the early 2000s. So, uh, yeah, that, that's my trivia today. Nobody's ever going to get that in a million years. That is a a weird choice of, of jersey. It's probably not even like a player. It's probably just like they found one without a name on the back and it's just a number, right? Like no, it's a real guy. It's like but a, I'm saying you think they like does it say his name on the back? Yeah, I don't know. It's his number it's like, and it's his jersey. I don't know. It probably know does. If, you don't, don't know really if it's get an intentional choice. Like it definitely like, was this dude's jersey. I think Favreau or somebody on the on the you know the set just liked that guy and was like, okay, let's stick this jersey on. So why not? Maybe. Oh. All right, let's move on to pitch time. Hayden, what's Elf Two? Let's hear it. Or prequel, sequel, miniseries? What do you? What are we? What do we see in the Elf universe? Reboot. I kind of hinted on this with my recast. Um, you put John C. Riley in as a brother role, and it doesn't work out with Zoe Deschanel, and he gets he re- forms the family relationship with the relate with his brother, and they throw the fucking Catalina eggnog mixer. So you just want to combine the two movies? It's just a rip off of Step Brothers, basically. I mean, well, it's, it's the before Step of Step Brothers before, before Step Bros came out. So I mean, really, well, who would be the rip off of what? Wow, that's deep. Thank you. Cody, what's your pitch? Yeah, I got a good one. I think this was something similar to, to the sequel they were planning, evidently. But um, I think it's actually a decent pitch. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going Elf 2. I mean, somebody's going to die. And uh, it's going to be his dad. You know, who really cares? Not nah, heck no. Santa lives forever. Uh, but yeah, basically, Buddy's just going back to the North Pole because uh, my, my movie's similar, similar to Hayden's in that. It didn't work out with Zoe Deschanel, which, you know, nobody really cares about that either. But yeah, he's gone back, and he's got to team up with some classic uh, Christmas characters. My boy Rudolph's here. My boy's Frost. My boy Frosty's showing up as well. 
and they're just going on a fun adventure. They got to save Christmas. Uh, Leon, the snowman, who has an appearance in this one, has a has a sharp turn as the villain. He's holding the North Pole hostage, and uh, you know the the trifecta of of Buddy Rudolph and Frosty got to take him down. Ends in a bloodbath. You know, Leon he just turns it into you know dust in the wind, basically. Pretty jarring imagery. Um, but yeah, that's my pitch. Elf two. You know, back home. I have All a right. comment. I have a comment to that. Uh, Cody keeps hinting at the Rudolph stuff, but the movie almost didn't go over the legality over like copying all the Rudolph stuff. And then it, so it was almost the movie that wasn't due to that. Yeah. Oh, it rips off Rudolph in multiple, multiple stages, I think. It's almost beat by beat, I think, the first 20 minutes or so. They're which, paying uh, homage to a exactly. classic, something I was watching a makey of, and, and John Favreau specifically wanted to have all those classic Christmas tropes and, and make it feel like a, a classic stop motion um, movie in the early half. So, but yeah, too bad. Wish they would have gotten sued and we could, didn't have to watch this movie. Uh, <laughs> I, I was just flipped off by Hayden for all the listeners. <laughs> this is an audio podcast. So if you're going to flip somebody off, you got to announce it. Hayden. Come on. You got to drop the hey, word. Fuck you, Corbin. There, there we go. Is. There it is. Thank you. Finally. It's impassioned. Time. <clears throat> all right. So I actually, I had a pitch, but then, I said Santa dies and I, I've come up with another pitch. So I have a couple things for you guys. So first of all, I was going to say, I don't want a sequel unless we can get all the original cast members back, which means Ed Asner has to come back and he's dead. So we're never getting a sequel is what I was going to originally say. <laughs> okay. Santa actually died. What more could you ask for? Well, see, exactly. the, pitch, the pitch in my <laughs> head that I came the up, the pitch in, the, in my head that I came up with was Santa dies and then Will Ferrell has to become Santa Claus. But we get a little bit of a Black Panther type who's going to become the next Santa. And some South Pole elves have the people that they want to become the next Santa because, you know, Will Ferrell, buddy, mentions, oh, he must be from the South Pole. So clearly they got some beef with some South Pole elves. They come in. They have to have, you know, a fight on a, an iceberg, you know, similar to the scene where uh, – Chadwick Boseman fights uh, Winston Duke on the waterfall. And uh, it, it, it's basically just a, a rip of that to become the, the next Santa Claus, the next Jack Frost uh, and, and be, become imbued with the magical powers of, of the clauses. And uh, that's the pitch I just came up with. <laughs> You're just ripping off Black Panther, bro. <laughs> yeah. But then also the Santa Claus at the also same time. Elves. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Second early. That's about uh, as bad as the pitches get out of that show, ladies and gentlemen. My Very original pitch was to just make an animated children's show about all mm-hmm. the elves that Buddy grew up with and, and just show show these elves making their toys and, and have Buddy there kind of interacting, being a goofball with them. You, you could probably make a couple seasons of that bullshit. Kids would eat that up. <laughs> Kids love stupid shit. Uh, and then the last thing is not really a sequel or, or any type of physical media. I want a book and I want a cookbook. I want the elf cookbook. And I want you to take all these weird things that Buddy would probably eat, but kind of transform them in a way that might be interesting and, and delicious to normal people, but still focusing on like the sugary, you know, weird spaghetti, weird breakfast type stuff. Uh, I, I'm surprised they haven't done something like that because that's a moneymaker right there. I feel like they probably have, honestly. I, but, I, I mean, Googled I, it, couldn't I, find it. Really? Wow. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, I feel like that's something I'm surprised hasn't come up yet. Dude, Will Ferrell's commitment to eating that disgusting spaghetti. That's not so. Don't knock syrup on spaghetti until you try I'm it. not, but he threw like everything in the pantry on top of that and was eating it like he loved it. That's commitment to the role right there. 
that that's respect that from me hey, bro i could eat some spaghetti with maple syrup and yeah but he threw like pop tarts and, and, and pop, oh you don't like pop tarts not on spaghetti you're just a hater <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll buy it's that just cookbook. noodles i'll buy that cookbook though why not i'll try it Thank yeah you. i know I, I like noodles what's wrong with noodles bro that's what spaghetti is <laughs> It's just a noodle. You can put anything on it. I mean, not anything. <laughs> I can think of a lot of things you shouldn't put on it, but I, that's just me. I don't know. All right, let's move on to our rating. You're going to look at me and you're going to tell me that I'm wrong? Am I wrong? My favorite- Out of 69, Cody, what are you giving this movie? You know, I, I didn't know how to rate this movie. I think it's one of the tougher ones to rate. Um, 69, it's also a Christmas I- movie. I think it should have a special rating category. What do you, how much you want to rate it out of? What's a what's a Christmas number? Like twelve, 12 three for Jesus. Twelve 25. days of Christmas. No, twelve days of Christmas. Okay, give it a rating out of twelve. Uh, I'll do that after. We'll, we'll ratio it out. I don't know. It's yeah, a, I think it, it's twelve Christmases out of twelve Christmases. Sure. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, out of sixty nine, I think my my rating for grown ups was like fifty four, and. I mean, I'd much rather, I'd much rather watch than this movie. Okay, well, we're going to go 52 for Elf then. I think that's fair in general as well. I mean, there's a lot of positives. There's, there's some negatives as well. But, I mean, it is a movie that, like, every every like, every like time each year seasonally, like, you just have a hankering to watch it, I feel like, or at least I do. And I think that's a good movie if, if it can do that. But, yeah, I'm going 52. I mean, that's fair. Out of 12, I mean, what's that ratio to, like, uh seven six and a half somewhere in there 6.75 out of 12 no 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 7.5 out of 12 there you go that doesn't ratio but that's my rating 9.04 (laughs) that's too high no that's why we don't rate it out of 12 (laughs) this is not a nine out of 12 come on well, you gave it a 52 out of 69. So okay, let's hear, let's hear your rating, Corbino. <laughs> My rating is going to be a 45 out of 69. Oh! Not, again, I mean, I, I don't dislike this movie. Uh, I just kind of, in comparison to other uh, films that we've watched thus far, uh, I think it's better than National Treasure is kind of where I put it. Uh, no but then below uh fast five is 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 where i, I fucking it. hope it's below fast five it's in between it's fast five not and even close Schneider. to fast five so it's it's a 45 out of 69 hayden what are you giving this movie out of 69 so i was thinking about this rating question when i was watching it and every time i found the flaw in the movie i just knocked it a point <laughs> so it ended up being like a 56 out of 69 one, one of the flaws that pissed me off the most is at the beginning of the movie when they show um the naughty and nice list it's alphabetical by last name but then when uh they're going charlotte denon from new york one he goes see he's looking for the d's in the naughty and nice list to find charlotte denon so (laughs) is it by first name or last name (laughs) maybe it's both that's the definition of a nitpick if i ever heard one but uh expose the movie (laughs) i like that every time you you see something dumb you just take a point off (laughs) We yeah. should do that normally. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 56 is a good rating. I think that like kind of puts yeah. them in a good spot. So uh, I think that's a fair yeah. rating, honestly. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our talk about Elf. Uh, we're going to move on to uh, talking about what we've been into and our recommendations. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that Hayden has not seen Spider-Man No Way Home. Is that correct? Oh, my goodness. Going Tuesday. I'm going Tuesday. He's going Tuesday. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk, talk about, about it. Next week. We'll talk about everything else we've been into. 
then Hayden will leave the call and then Cody and I can have a short discussion oh, okay. I like uh, that. at the at the end of the podcast. So Sans, Spider-Man, No Way Home. Cody, what have you been into? What have you been watching? Yeah, um, I got a couple other things than uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, one of them I'm going to go on a spiel about, so, you know, mind that. But um, Hawkeye, that, that came out this week as well. The penultimate episode, I believe. Um, Corbin, I've been telling you this the entire time. Uh, Vera Farmiga is the bad guy. and uh, Yeah, I mean, obviously. I sniffed it out. No, no, you didn't, you didn't buy it. You didn't buy it. Um, but, yeah, also, the Kingpin reveal... reveal they could have done it better. Like you're just showing him on a phone, bro. It's Kingpin. Like he he's gonna get his treatment. I think next episode it's the season finale. So I mean, I don't know. I feel like they're gonna do the same. I was talking to Corbin about this. They're gonna do the same tropes they've been doing, where they introduce a character at the end of this, the episode, and then the opening for the next episode is just like a ten minute spiel about them, which I actually really like. That's that's fun storytelling. And the, the Elena stuff was kind of weak though. I, I like um, Echo. Although I don't really understand her powers, if she even has any, I liked her her opening though. Um, just I like think the way they upcoming. showed, yeah. I think the way they showed the blip with Yelena was was pretty sick and, and visually, yeah, visually it's very interesting. But the setting, like man, her her yeah, the setting and her character in that scene were just like yeah. But I do like Yelena, dude. That scene with her and Haley Steinfeld was really that might great. be yeah. I yeah. think that's one of the the best scenes in the entire show. I really enjoyed that a lot, and I I hope that like um future stuff like they're on a team together so i think that like good chemistry and stuff too yeah hawkeye i think it's been a surprise surprise like i've enjoyed it more than i thought i would i think that episode three was still its peak if i'm being honest but they definitely have potential to do like a lot of cool stuff in the finale so i'm excited to see it this week yeah i think i think an extra episode might have done this show a little bit better like i'm not sure them wrap it i mean we'll see after this finale but i feel like we're going to be left with just wanting more um and i would have liked to see maybe six episodes instead of five is a very strange choice to make i don't yeah. know but what else you been into cody um yeah the other the other obvious thing is uh you know survivor wrapped up this week uh the season finale um you know the, the survivor community is is something interesting to me i don't know if um you know, you guys are too involved. I'm just on like Twitter. I, I heard the Facebook is even worse. So don't go anywhere. I've been there. on the Reddit, which is. Uh, oh, man. Area. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what's happened to the community. It's it's kind of gone downhill. But just talking about the show in general, I thought it was a good finale. Um, I've been preaching all year. It's not the best season. It's not the best season. But the thing is, it's an interesting ending to a bad season. Um here's my spiel if i go on you cut me off or whatever but um basically what i love about the show and that it's been going on for for 41 seasons now i like the weird stuff i like looking at the edit i love i like looking at you know how much screen time each character gets i like looking at you know do they talk about their personal life and like that basically means like they have a better chance of winning and looking at the edit this season it's a mystery it's one of the weirdest edits of all time in survivor history which i fucking love um but in general it's not great tv i just think it's great because i'm looking at it from a different perspective the winner i mean they did not give her the edit that no i thought a normal winner would get like no exactly she's you know kind of in the background the entire season which is fine they've done that before and then like they come out at the end and take the game which i mean she did obviously but the thing is (laughs) <laughs> the other funny thing is the old lady um uh, what's her name heather. heather yeah yeah 
she had one of the worst nights of all time, which is hilarious in its own right. However, her most important relationship was with Erica, the winner. So they were like this dynamic duo, supposedly, but we saw none of the old lady. So we don't know if her game and Heather's were actually decent. Um, so yeah, enough about the edit. I mean, I'm still going to watch this show every season. I think it's just the cast this season was actually very, very good. And there were some interesting conversations about like, you know, the social uh, relationships and, and problems in the real world, which I think is fun in Survivor as well, if you bring that in. Uh, yeah. Well, before, Robin, you, before you move on yeah. past Survivor. Uh, yeah. I wanted to ask you, do you think Xander deserved better at Final Tribal? That was my main question. I, I did not know how he got no vote. So yeah, obviously this is yeah. a, this is a good episode to have Hayden on because Hayden is also a Survivor fan. So I'll kick it over to Hayden. What do you, what did your thought? What were your thoughts on this uh, finale? I, like week two, I thought Xander was going all the way, and then when he won the final immunity, I was like, okay, he he won. But then he's like, when he said something about, oh shit, I should go against Erica, yeah. and then if he if he gives up his idol, he gives it to Heather. Does he? Does that win the votes over from Deshaun if he be, takes out Erica? I, I would say so. so. Yeah, I mean the respect of the jury since like the final five just wasn't really there for Xander because he's saying stuff yeah. at tribal and everyone's saying like that's a bad read, and then final four <laughs> he takes Erica along with him, which is I mean I feel like even from you know a dummy's perspective is is a terrible move. Um, but yeah, but then, also, he's just not a good speaker, and Erica's a, like a trial lawyer. You don't want to take somebody who can speak that well to the end, because literally, I mean, she dominated final trial counsel. There's no doubt about that. Xander sounded, sounded so dumb. At, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's 20. Was, he's younger than, like, he, he's like he the same age as him. Like, yes, he, if you watch the after part, he definitely had water in his Yeah, too, absolutely. And he was drinking champagne. water. Couldn't even have champagne after he got his ass beat. That is just sad. <laughs> But yeah, I, I think he deserved a couple of votes. I'd say probably Evie or or Tiffany. I don't know, even Ricard. Ricard, I mean, her, him and Erica were, were really close too, evidently. But um, and Nasir, Nasir was giving him props at you know at the beginning of Final Tribal, and then he ended up getting no votes. I think Deshaun, like he just played a different game than everybody else's season. In any other season, I think he could have won easily just because he backstabbed so many people. But this season, there there wasn't that much backstabbing, if I'm being honest, other than the Shan like vote. That was the massive vote, I think. And Ricard didn't take the blunt for it. Deshaun did. So I, I think in another season, he could easily win. But I think Xander probably deserved more votes than him in this particular season. I think I I think I agree with like the consent. Like basically at the end of there, like Deshaun, you were just too emotional and like kind of temperamental the entire season. And he definitely was. Like he he would let like one thing happened he would just snap and it would be game over and all strategy anything else just seemed to kind of go out the window and he, he was just so fueled by like what people thought of him uh and was like less worried about playing the game and more worried about just like the way he was presenting which i think is what kind of cost him in the end um xander was definitely my favorite throughout the whole season uh i thought he was a pretty interesting guy i thought you know with that idol he was he carried into the you know the literally the last vote um, nobody gave a shit about it though and I nobody think that even cared they didn't that, even split the votes on him to make him play it. <laughs> yeah, it, it literally came down to, I think he didn't do a very good job of marketing himself in the end. Um, and then from what I've kind of read on Reddit and stuff like that is, is basically like nobody thought he was very genuine with anything that he did the entire season. So like when he yeah. would give up like the reward or he would 
step up, step aside so that people could get rewards or different stuff or bring people along with him. It was always just like, everyone thought he was just doing it to look good and not actually having a genuine relationship. And the only person he seemed to have a real relation, I mean, he had a relationship with Evie, but then she ended up getting voted out because he didn't protect her. And then he had a relationship with Ricard, but Ricard had a pretty good relationship with everyone. So it wasn't like anything special there. Um, he had a great relationship with Erica, even, you know, a decent relationship with Deshaun near the end. So I just don't think he had, he didn't have the people and people didn't, you know, he did a poor job of marketing himself. I mean, uh, Liana's asking him questions and he can't even answer them, like explaining what he did to win the game uh, or why he deserved to win. He didn't didn't play up the things that would make, like he didn't even talk about that move that she made. Like she made a joke about it and about him like doing the whole fake idol poll, which I think is like, like a really great move and probably the best thing he did all season. And he yeah. barely like even touched on it and, and brought it up. And I think that was just really poor on his part, but I you know, he's that, young, he's probably got another yeah. shot to come back. So maybe, I, I don't know. It's tough to be returned these days. I think yeah. you got Shan Ricard. Those are the front two for this season. Um, but yeah, I mean, the social cues question was an easy one too, because it was from Liana and that, that was a massive move. You know, the fake, the fake idol is big. And then the idol hold is a massive social cue as well. You're reading tribal council. I mean, it was definitely lucky because Sydney played her shot in the dark and that's what, you know, didn't lead to the split with Evie eventually. But I mean, that's not a very hard question. If, if you know, like you have a game plan going into it. And he was, I mean, just like, near the no end, he was them. never really a target. So like, that's why he stuck yeah. around. Like it was always Ricard was around or someone else was always around to be yep. a bigger target. But, but Loki, Erica, good winner. That's all I'm saying. She actually played a good game, but she just didn't get the love. She got a bad at it. And so everyone was so confused at the end. They're like, oh, Xander's definitely winning this. And then how does Xander win? And it's just kind of a little bit poor edit there. Um, But I think it's on one hand, it's kind of good because you don't know exactly what's going to happen going in. Maybe for future seasons, you can kind of expect something a little different, hopefully. So I don't know. It's tough. They have a lot of power that the editors do at the end of the day from a, there's, there's been a lot more unexpected winners in, in recent season. Um, I won't go into it too much, but yeah, this was an interesting way to end the season to say the least. You excited for 42 come March? How can you not? I mean, dude, I think they should just do a returning player season every fucking season. If I'm being honest, I eat that shit up. Just give me 20 gamers, bro. Like these newbie seasons, they just throw in five idiots and two of them get drug like dragged to the end, which I mean, is fine. Like, you know, I enjoy part of it is that guess, anybody but... could be on Survivor and like people could yeah. go. Like if you just do winner like past people, well, those are the them. best seasons. So I, I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. But yeah, I mean Survivor, I'm gonna watch it. Got anything it'd else? Cool it'd be Sorry. cool to see a celebrity season, but I don't think you'll ever see it just because you're not gonna get fucking Ellen DeGeneres out here <laughs> living in the woods. You're like fuck this, I'll just go home and get my millions there. Exactly. It would like be B-list celebrities, so it wouldn't be. It'd have to be like all SoundCloud rappers. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's all my spiel for this week. Yeah. A lot of Survivor, a lot of, a lot You're of also Noah, like a lot of Hawkeye. A million dollars as a celebrity. Like, even if it's playing for charity, like, who wants to spend 20, oh, it's not you know, 40 it. days in a desert, in a desert <laughs> on an island not for a million dollars when you have plenty of money? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wouldn't do it. So. That's so bad. All right. Hey, hey I want to hear your recommendations, my guy. Uh, I say this, I'm not a big movie guy so right now big in the Christmas movies Christmas Vacation Polar Express you know gotta watch a couple of classics Home Alone yeah. probably there's a new Home Alone need to get that watched but Disney Plus man 
<laughs> I, I heard it's very, very bad. All the spinoffs without Macaulay Culkin are not very good. Um, obviously, Purdue basketball won't, won't miss that. But Number three, baby. Yeah, fuck Ron Harper, but. <laughs> yeah, well. We don't, we don't talk about that. All right, uh, for me, uh, I watched uh, Nightcrawler. I rewatched it after our last pod episode. Love that movie. Outstanding Jake Gyllenhaal performance. Can't get enough of it. Uh, one of the best acting performances of the 2010s. Easily. Jake G. Unstoppable. Uh, his character is just so dark. Also, underrated part of that is, is Riz Ahmed. I think Riz Ahmed's actually really good in that movie as well. Uh, I checked out the John Wick version, uh, except instead of a dog, it's a pig. And the movie's titled Pig, and it's got Nick Cage in it. And he's a truffle farmer and uh, actually was pretty surprising. You know, cool 90 minute watch. Uh, I would definitely check it out. It's on Hulu, new 2021 release, uh, Pig. And then uh, I rewatched Moneyball. So just finished that up last night. Fantastic movie. How can you not be romantic about baseball? That's all I'll say. Hell yeah. Dude, it's been sitting on Netflix for so long and I really want to watch it. I fucking love that movie, dude. Yeah, so good. It's so good. It's so good. You really can't beat it. All right. So, uh, Hayden, thanks so much for coming on the pod. Really appreciate having you. Thank you for sure. giving us a chance to talk about Elf, a little Christmas movie action before Christmas. And uh, thanks for always being a supporter. Do you want to drop uh, any links or socials or anything people you want people to follow you on? Follow at the Pain Crew on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, yeah. We, we're <laughs> a big shout out. Of, uh, hey, you should retweet this episode on the Pain Crew. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, my, I just want to thank everyone active. for having me out and uh, have a Merry Christmas. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, my Thanks, guy. Thanks, See you. All right, Cody. All right, let's get to the nitty-gritty. Let's get into the spoilers. <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, mama. Terrible title, eh? I don't like the title at all. I Just drop the fucking home stick. I don't understand it. There's, there's no need for it. But, um, I mean, yeah. I'll tell you what, dude, this movie's just a lot to process. After I came out of the theater, I was like, did I like it? Because, you know, uh, obviously, okay, let's just say spoiler alert here. Yeah, spoiler alert, Corbin. If you haven't seen the movie, shut this shit off and go watch it. Because it's not, it's not worth listening to us blabber about it for five minutes than actually go seeing it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, dude. They got Andrew Garfield and fucking Toby Maguire. <laughs> I really didn't think they were going to be in it for some reason. I don't know why. I'm an idiot, I guess. But uh, they're legit characters in this movie. They're they're supporting. They're characters. in it for like they're, the last they're, hour. They're in it for a good hour, I'd say. Yeah. I I was like, okay, they'll be in it, but it's going to be ten minutes. Like yeah, that, like the, literally the final too. fight, and yeah. it's an hour left in the movie, and he shows up. And I'm like, what the fuck are we doing here? It's sick. I mean, there are some plot holes. Um, you know, Ned being a sorcerer out of nowhere. It's interesting. Also, um, when did Electro find out that Andrew Garfield would, or yeah. Peter Parker was Spider Man? I that doesn't make any sense either. But yeah, uh, uh, did all yeah most of the films? I don't know. Uh, you don't need to think about that. It's a fun movie. I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, obviously, just nostalgia factor. And the first like half hour is a little shaky. I thought it's it's just it's paced very quickly, and it needs to be because it's a two and a half hour movie. I would like Gotta to get more, to the good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see more of Daredevil other than well, literally, literally 30 he, seconds. He's on screen and he's like, oh, we're, they're not going to charge you. But like, why? 
why are they not like they just yeah. brush over that like that whole there's all this hype surrounding about like oh he's going to be in trouble he's going to have all these legal ramifications all the legal stuff goes out the window and now he just has to yeah. deal with the court of public opinion which is an interesting idea and that you know what spurns the entire you know future like the rest of the movie but i think they do definitely brush over it very quickly yeah i mean there's just stuff as well you don't really need like i mean J. Jonah jameson like i love him back in this universe but he doesn't need to be in this movie. Like, it's, it's unnecessary, I think. Um, but, I mean, yeah, getting to the last hour, like, it's just fun. It's continuously – like, they kill Aunt May as well, which I'll tell you what, I didn't see that coming. Um, but, I mean, Willem Dafoe, how fucking good of an actor is that guy, man? I love Willem Dafoe. And they did exactly what I said. They took that stupid mask off. Willem Dafoe is the scariest mofo in the league. I'll but you, you said what, it was someone else. It was Willem Dafoe. Oh. In the trailers, that's not Willem Dafoe. It was. Yeah, you're right. You're they gave him, like, long hair in the trailers. I, I don't know. That's trailer bait. But uh, also in the trailers, <laughs> the lizard, did he did get kicked by fucking, I think it was Andrew Garfield. Yeah, <laughs> so it was. They fucked up there. But, um, yeah, I mean, just, just Spider-Man working together was, was fucking sick. And I do want to go rewatch it. My theater experience was a little lost. I, I had an interesting crowd. They're kind of annoying at times. But, I mean. It, it makes sense. It's it's one of those movies where you just have to expect that, I think. But uh, I do want to go see it again, just to, because it is a, just a lot to process, because I was kind of just in shock at times, and it's hard to just enjoy the movie when you're like, oh, shit, they're actually doing this. But uh, yeah, what do you think about it in general? Yeah, so um, I've already got at least two more showings booked in the next week. <laughs> I'm going to go see it. <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing it on Thursday with Liam and then I'm going with my uh, sister and nephew and, and her wife uh, nice. on Friday on Christmas Eve. So that's sick. got it all booked up to see it again. I'm, I'm definitely excited uh, on, a, on a rewatch. I love, honestly, like I love the amazing Spider-Man movies, even though like I just watched them within like the last three, four months, but I think Andrew Garfield, fantastic actor. Yeah. Seeing him back specifically is something that I enjoyed. And I think like the the way his character is in this movie, Toby's it's great to see him, but I just don't love, like, I don't know. I just don't love his interactions in this movie. It, his performance mm-hmm. seems a little stiff at points. And I don't know. Toby McGuire is just kind of a weird dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought they were going to kill him off too. And then it's just like, Oh no, well, I've been stabbed before. So I read okay. something that the original plan was that he was going to die. Yeah, and then that, Kevin that, Feige that was sense. like, you know, I want to leave the door open to potentially bring them back again. So then they mm. potentially did reshoots to where it was like, he's not dead there at the end. And it, it definitely, it's so weird. He's like, oh, I've been stabbed before. <laughs> like what? When did he get stabbed? Or maybe I missed when he got stabbed, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think the Aunt May death, while powerful, I didn't like the way the scene played out where she like gets up and she's fine and like acts yeah. like she's okay. And then she heals over and dies. Like that's such a corny thing to do I, I wish it would have just been all in that moment of like i'm dying let me tell you that with great power comes great responsibility i think it's cool they pulled the actual quote from the comics not the the ripped uncle ben one um from mm-hmm. the 2000 um but overall i mean just exciting to see all these characters back the one thing i was i was hoping that there was something that wasn't spoiled and i guess the aunt may death wasn't but like i just wanted some other character to appear and obviously we get venom in the post credit scene but I just wanted there to be something like some sort of surprise and daredevil was spoiled. All three Spider-Man was spoiled. You could see all yeah. the villains in the trailers. And I, I was just wishing there were some sort of character or appearance, even if it was a little short one-off thing that I could have been excited about in the theater. And while obviously the people coming back is super exciting, 
it would have been nicer to know nothing, right? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's just the internet these days, though, man. What, what can you do? But it's crazy. Like, think about like the stuff they kept secret, like for all these other projects. Like, we didn't know that in WandaVision, you know, like like everything that was gonna happen. Like, the Evan Peters was coming back. That was never leaked. It was never leaked. Like, there's been so many things that Marvel has been able to keep secret, but for some reason, the specific project there was too so big. much. I yeah. think. I mean, they I, talked about originally, know. they talked about originally in the marketing that it was going to be like a civil war, like they were going to play it Dr. off as Strange like, and, yeah. it was Peter and that. Dr. Strange fighting the whole time. And I think the thing, Marvel's smarter than people give them credit for, like, some of the stuff is intentional, like 100%. Yeah. Like people always act like, oh, Tom Holland spoils shit all the time, but it's like 85% of it, they're telling him what to spoil. Like the classic, like, oh, here's the Avengers Endgame poster do not show like that's so obviously staged and like marvel leaks stuff intentionally to build hype and i mean it worked it's now the second highest film opening of all time in the midst of a pandemic that is only surging in numbers uh i mean marvel marvel smart marvel knows how to market i mean i wouldn't be surprised even the original like the jamie fox post that got it started if they weren't like hey make this post and then delete it and then act like you know just to build the hype i mean that's what that's what these people do there's people in rooms that you know, tell exactly people where to post, what to leak. Hey, let's put this in the Brazilian trailer. Let's do this. But like, I don't know. I think it's all very formulaic. Yeah. No, I think their marketing team is very smart. Um, I just wish, I, I think, I, I don't know. Like, this is probably the best way to make the most money, which is fair. But, I mean, just imagine, like, you didn't know anything about this movie and fucking Toby and, and Andrew show up with an hour left. I think that would be like a sick moment just in general, but I think the movie in general is also sick. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say based off what you were saying, the Aunt May thing. I definitely get, I didn't even show like how she died. Like, I guess it was just, I mean, I think she just got stabbed. I think she has stabbed. They didn't part show of the glider, blood but they or didn't... anything. No, he, he pulls back. There's blood underneath. Yeah. Her. There's so blood on his hand, but let's see the body, bro. I feel like she's alive for some reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, also I wanted to, I wanted to go to the end as well. The Venom shit doesn't make any sense. That shit doesn't that's, know. That's Sony is. just putting their hands up fucking Marvel's ass, saying you gotta put you gotta put Venom in the post credits somehow. Um, and I guess they're doing a whole nother college trilogy with with Peter Parker. The whole reset thing is, is interesting to me as well. I, I don't know. I, I really like the Ned MJ Peter dynamic um it, but we're just going back to sort of like spider-man one where you know he's living in an apartment you know by himself he doesn't really know anybody which is fine but it's just not in the mcu anymore which i kind of like in spider-man I, I feel like people don't like that but i like spider-man in the mcu i think and then and then lastly just touch on <laughs> the post post credit scene it's literally just the trailer okay finally Someone... doctor strange like when was the last time they did that like captain america they they did the avengers trailer i think but <laughs> I don't know, man. Like that is I thought weird, that was a cop out. I thought that it was a is cop a out. weird market. Just do a fucking post credit scene where he's going to talk to Wanda. And like, I why and they dude, they showed so much in that trailer. They showed they the did. bad guy. They, they, they showed, showed a lot. Julia Telegi for in dreads. I mean <laughs> You think he's the bad guy of this movie though? I think Benedict Cumberbatch is, yeah. The, it's like the what if guy. Oh, you mean I thought you were saying well, Tel- for is I mean, yeah, guy. he's he's probably not a great guy. I mean, I don't know. I they showed I up. agree with you. I mean, I agree with you completely. Like, I don't like that post-credit scene. And so many people have been like, 
dude, like, what the fuck? They literally just showed a trailer and like, but it was sick. It was an awesome trailer. Like, I'm so hyped for it. And like, yeah, but I would have rather a real scene. Like, like you said, yeah. show me just like uh, 60 seconds of him meeting with Wanda or like, yeah. or just literally just something to get us hyped for the movie. Where they're, they're, he's like, she's like, oh, it's about time you showed up. He's like, yeah, I'm not fucking here about, you know, Westview or whatever. That's I think sick. it's supposed to be kind of, I mean, I don't know what it, at what point in the movie that happens, but I guess from a chronological perspective, like it typically in a post-credit scene, you're going to show like something that's happening to start a movie out or like right before a movie happens. So maybe like, yeah, if that's like tr- you're not, you're not giving anything away though. It's just like, no. because we're off WandaVision. I think a lot of people watch that. And then, you know, you got Dr. Strange in this movie as well. And you know, he, he fucked up with this whole spell and everything. So he's going to her asking for fucking up. I, I think that would work fine, but. Yeah, I thought it was funny they just, you know, shit out the entire trailer. But uh, that doesn't really have anything to do with the movie. I just thought that was funny. Also, they're trying to make Doctor Strange a thing. Like, I like Cumberbund enough where, you know, he's decent in, like, supporting roles. But I was pretty excited for, like, uh, Multiverse of Madness, I think. But I, I don't know. After that trailer, I- I'm not as hyped. I like Chuyo Taj before. And then I guess Wong's, like, Sorcerer Supreme now which that just came out of nowhere too. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Doctor Strange in this movie, like I could leave him or take him. The visuals are obviously cool, but I, I don't think- Beat by Peter using fucking geometry. Yeah, the Sorcerer fucking Supreme lost the geometry, which uh, <laughs> is interesting, but they just had to get rid of him. I mean, they don't need him around. Doctor Strange is time. always getting his ass kicked. Like, could he not just solo all those villains? Like, I would on. hope so. But yeah, I mean, what's dude, the Green Goblin gonna do? Cast a fucking spell and kill him? Like, <laughs> I don't know. The Green Goblin fucking Batista bombed Tom Holland about five stories. So yeah. that dude's an animal. But uh, <laughs> I mean, we could talk about this movie for a while. But... What's your what's what's the best part? What's your what's your favorite part? The best part? I mean, I think it's gotta be just them swinging around together. That's what made me just just be like, damn, this is fucking sick. Like, I don't I don't think you can really beat that. I think the I think the Andrew saving Zendaya is yeah. probably my favorite moment in the movie. Um, just the the payoff of the the Gwen Stacy. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that's really great. I, I love that specific scene in that movie, um, and I think just I think it fits really well, and and I love it, and I love his acting in that scene. I mean, he's he's clearly the best actor out of the three. But yeah, no Andrew Andrew's first scene as well. I think that's one of my favorites too. I mean, that's pretty prolonged scene. I feel like they're talking to him for like 10 minutes before Toby comes in. They're like, just he's just quipping at him. He's like, that's enough. Like, I'm hanging on the fucking ceiling. They're like, go get the cobwebs. <laughs> Everything Andrew, like, he actually got a good script for once in a Spider Man movie, which I love. Hey, and you know, I've been seeing stuff recently. Doors open for him to come back. You know, people are wanting The Amazing Spider Man 3. I don't want fuck that. Yeah. But... Oh, fuck yeah. Make that movie. I am 100% down for that. Well, you know, a lot of people are speculating that, like, venom is and morbius like that sony verse is the amazing spider-man universe and that makes sense it's definitely possible like other than the weird graffiti wall art of toby's spider-man which i think is just a placeholder more than anything i mean you've got the oscorp logo from those movies like it he's out in san francisco it would make sense if he he goes to new york looking for peter parker and he he you know happens upon andrew garfield i think that'd be pretty sick seeing him fight uh tom hardy yeah what about morbius dude (laughs) Hey, dude, I think that movie doesn't look bad. Oh, I, my. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, it's being released nobody's, next month, so it's probably gonna going to be terrible. Nobody's going to see it. You're right. That, but I, I think it's going to be okay. 
anything from that movie in my life again. I'll tell you what, though. My Venom, God. Venom has been a, while not great movies, has been a successful movie franchise. There's a reason. Yeah, because Venom's a good character that people like. And Tom yeah. Hardy. Tom Hardy's a good actor. Dude, Jared Leto as a fucking vampire. Dude, if we're in fucking Spider-Man's universe with a vampire played by Jared Leto, no fucking chance. He's like flying around and shit in the trailers. What is that? Uh, sonar, bro. I don't know. <laughs> Echolocation. I, I mean, I don't think anybody will see that. What's the budget on it? It's got to be like $200 million. It's going to make <laughs> 50 tops. I mean, I don't know what they're thinking there. Sony's just a bad fucking studio, dude. I don't understand it. Well, we got a Craven movie coming too, so we'll see. I don't know. I doubt it. Yeah, Channing Tatum was announced for a fucking Gambit movie 20 years ago, and that never came out. So that's what happens when you got a shit studio. <laughs> I think we'll get. I think we'll get the Craven movie. I doubt um, it. I final thoughts moving forward. Spider Man in the MCU. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the new suit looks pretty sick. A lot of people are definitely happy that he's not little Iron Man Junior anymore. You know, moving to a more you know faithful place for the character of spider-man yeah. uh, personally i think it's gonna suck just like that he's not known by anyone yeah uh, i have seen some stuff that maybe you know because they talk about everybody on this world will forget offers like, yeah you know nick fury. nick fury is off world and i like that uh, captain marvel other people like that so maybe you know maybe you bring him back uh you know come secret wars or something so we'll, say that. we'll see yeah that's good storyline as well secret wars but yeah I, I agree i think you know the hard reset it's interesting but I don't know if I'm a massive fan of it. And I mean, they're doing another trilogy. So I don't want to listen. I think him and Zendaya need to be together. I don't, I don't want to see any Gwen Stacy or any of that bullshit in this universe. So I don't know. I I feel like they'll go away from MJ. I think they're tired of it. Hey, Zendaya highest grossing actor of this year and youngest person to do it since Jennifer Lawrence in like 2016. So respect, respect to the day. Yeah. Top five actors for you. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> All right. Thanks for sticking around and listening to us ramble about Spider-Man. Never yeah. home, if you did it all. If you're still here, probably. More than anything, it's just Cody and I talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Love you guys. We're still here. Stay capping, folks. Peace. Adios.